Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's join together singing the hymn, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past, hymn number 210. If you're home and want to stand, I invite you to do so.
Man, thank you, Carlos. And now, just in case we have some kids out there who want to worship God, maybe if you're in your living room, you can uh, have the kids stand up and dance a little bit. We're going to sing Every Move I Make. So young people dancing out there, <laughs> having a little fun in the name of God. The Psalms tell us to dance before the Lord, and that's a good thing. Hey, a couple of announcements. First of all, thank you for joining us this morning. I'm glad to see you here, to see you. I love it when people make comments in the uh, thread next to us, so I know that you're here. Just so you know, we are going to be writing down some of the metaphors for the church later in the sermon. And so when we get to that, um, 
I would love you, if you have a favorite metaphor that we use to describe the church, if you could write that down in the comments of the Facebook page there, and so we can read it. We'll put your metaphors on the board, and we'll go from there. Um, and that'll be part of the sermon. So go ahead and write those things down. Carlos will let me know when those things pop up. So let us know. Thank you. We're trying to stay connected as best we can. We have a session meeting this afternoon with our church elders. And so we'll be talking about more ways we can do better to connect with each other during this coronavirus time. It's very tough, I know. But uh, we love you. I love you all. And so I want to be sure that we are staying connected as best we can throughout this time. Also, uh, we so much appreciate those that continue to support our church. We even had uh, one of our Hispanic members come in this morning to drop off some uh, of his offering because he doesn't pay with checks. So uh, we really appreciate that. You can mail those in. You can use the um, online giving option. A lot of people are starting to use that and really appreciate that. So we appreciate you doing that. We have had a little more difficulty in the past couple of months because of, I'm sure, people are struggling right now. So we understand that. If you're going through a tough time, we don't expect you um, to put yourself at risk financially. But we do appreciate those who are able to continue to support the church and God's ministry ongoing. And if you're from out of town and would like to support the church, you're welcome to do that too, to support this ministry here. Uh, finally, we have a Connect card there that you can fill in when you do that. Um, we are able to connect you with you. You can let us know prayer requests, especially. We really appreciate that. We've gotten a few prayer requests in the past week, so we continue to pray for you. And I see those personally and respond to those personally, so just so you know that we do that. And we add you to our email list, and that way you can connect with our Zoom meetings and our Bible studies. This Thursday, uh, Carlos has finished. He finished last Thursday, so this Thursday we get back to Luke. And we celebrate Christmas in July. So uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 this coming Thursday. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, don't forget to write your metaphors in the thread there. And now we're going to sing a song, a praise song. That's a fairly recent praise song um, called Who You Say I Am uh, by Hillsong. And um, I just love this song. And I'll explain the why it was written at a future date on a sermon that relates a little bit more, but uh, just really as we sing this and as you're able to listen along at home, uh, understand these words are really powerful, I think. So. Oh, it's all 
stand a little closer here. Now, if you notice, my sermon title is In Not Of. Uh, kind of an unusual sermon title. Some people say, well, it's scripture, but it's kind of scripture, but kind of not. Um, and you might wonder, why in the world would a pastor go out and purchase a banner with his name, with the title of his sermon on it? That's not good use of money in our church to pay for banners with a sermon title on it. But the fact is that this pastor used to be in a band, an alternative band, and the name of that band was In Not Of. And in fact, we had t-shirts. And I meant to bring, I have a cap and it's in the car. I left it in the car. I forgot about it. So um, no, we do not have extra t-shirts. And if you want to have a good laugh, here's a couple pictures. We were kind of a 90s alt band. And that was one group and that was the other. We had different uh, people. So, yeah, we were kind of U2 wannabes, um, kind of Joshua Tree style, and we sang and we had a good time and toured and actually the group without me because I had some personal things going on uh, actually went to Romania on a mission trip and uh, performed in Romania for two or three weeks so uh, it's just kind of fun to have all this stuff and um, just so you know 
Uh, we're in a sermon series titled right now, Beyond These Walls. And we're asking ourselves, what does it mean to be the church outside of the church building? The fact of the matter is, we are the church. Where we go, the church is. When you walk into a room, you are the church in that room. So, what are some of the metaphors that you think of when you think of the church? I'm going to try to bring this over. I forgot to light the candle. I'm going to get in trouble with one of our church members. So, what are some of the, the uh, metaphors that you see, uh, Carlos? Followers of Christ. Followers. Jesus, yeah. Safe haven of peace. Safe haven of peace, wow. Haven of peace. Not actually about the church, but in the Old Testament, God is like a mother hen protecting her chicks. Okay. Uh, and then, I don't know how to say that. Chicklets. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, body of Christ. There's one. With different parts having different functions. Uh, Christ. Okay. God is the vine, we are the branches. Oh, nice. I don't think I wrote that one down, but that's a good one. Uh, God's presence in the world. Nice. Somebody's paying attention to the sermon title. Okay. The elect. Yeah, left. Oh, somebody's Presbyterian. <laughs> I don't care for it very much, but we are still Calvinists. <laughs> uh, Holy Nation. That's Holy the Nation. last one that I see. Okay. Nice. So, Holy Nation. I'm going to write a couple more down, because I wrote down a few. One that we're Catholic. Not Roman Catholic, necessarily, but Catholic. And Catholic means uh, universal. Uh, we are the body. I, I got that one. Bride of Christ. Also, the temple. Sometimes called the house of God. I'm surprised no one said this one. The family. Of God. And finally, from first, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, Paul refers to the church as a letter. We ourselves are God's letter to the world. Now, today, I want to focus on the idea that we are the presence. I like this God's presence, the temple or the house of God. Um, Peter writes in, uh, well, first of all, the presence of God here on earth. So you remember that the people of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, uh, they followed Moses into the wilderness, and then they built a tabernacle. And in that tabernacle, the presence of God descended from heaven in the form of a cloud. And that cloud was a cloud during the day and a fire at night. And that cloud led them through the wilderness. That was the presence of God. And he entered into the Holy of Holies and the tabernacle. Later, Solomon, the son of David, built an actual temple in Jerusalem. And part of that temple included the Holy of Holies. And when they had finished building it, 
they uh, had a dedication service and Solomon prayed and the uh, musicians and singers sang and played and um, the priests prayed and then the presence of God came into that building in a, in a smoky cloud and filled that building. And so the presence of God was powerfully present on earth in the temple. And in fact, if you go to Jerusalem today, they still have what they call the wall there that is the wall of that temple. And they believe that there's still a, an aroma or uh, a sense of God's presence there. And that's why they pray at that wall. Um, even Zacharias in Luke chapter 1, when he went into the Holy of Holies, he experienced the presence of God there. Uh, the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. So that's when the spirit was powerfully present. And then, of course, when Jesus was born, Jesus took on flesh and entered into the world. And the presence of God was in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's where the presence became. But after Jesus ascended and Pentecost came, then the Spirit of God descended and entered into the people, the followers of Jesus Christ. And they became the presence of God here on earth. They became the temple because before that, the temple was the only place where God resided. Now the people became the presence. In fact, Peter says it this way from 1 Peter chapter 2, come to him a living stone, the chief cornerstone, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. So Peter is describing us as living stones. The the church is not a building made with human hands of rock and brick and mortar and wood. The church is a living, organic place. The house of God, the temple is now a living, organic place. And the stones are human beings. We are the church of God. We are the church. And so I'm going to do something uh, that I have not done in a very long time. This gets back to my uh, youth as a young man going to church uh, where the pastor would do a more teaching style. And so today I'm going to basically walk through a chapter and stop and make comments along the way. Uh, I have not done this for a long time, but this is a different type of uh, preaching style, and it's more of a teaching style. So we're looking at John chapter 17, and if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open up to John chapter 17. Have it handy. I'm going to read one or a few verses, and then I'll make some comments on those, and then continue on through the entire chapter. There's 20 verses, so, so if you have that handy, that would be great. John chapter 17, beginning of verse 1. After Jesus had spoken these words, I'm going to stop. I'm already making comments. This is after the Last Supper. The uh, disciples had celebrated Passover with Jesus. He had instituted the Lord's Supper at that meeting. He had washed their feet. Uh, Judas had slipped out of the room to betray Jesus. And so Jesus was starting to walk out and then he stopped and he turned around and he prayed to God for these disciples. So after Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. 
Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. So here we have... Uh, here we have Jesus kind of setting up and saying, Lord, I have completed my task, his purpose. His purpose came from above. He was sent by God into the world to redeem the world. He was sent to die on the cross. He was about to go to the cross within hours of this moment when he's preaching. And so that is the first step of what it means to be in the world, not of the world. That our connection, our roots are somewhere else and we are sent into the world. We talked about this before. The apostolos of, in the Greek means to be sent. We are sent ones in the name of Jesus Christ. Secondly, that Jesus talks about bringing glory to God. This is one of the cornerstones of the Reformed tradition. Soli Deo Gloria. It's one of the solas. And Soli Deo Gloria means to God alone the glory. And that is what we are meant to be and do here in the earth. When we are in the earth but not of the earth, we seek to glorify God and glorify Jesus Christ. Not ourselves, not the church, not what we do, but what God is doing. Not who we are, but who God is. We seek to glorify God. And so that's what Jesus prays at the very beginning. The true church seeks to glorify God through Jesus Christ. Now we go on at verse 6, and I'll read uh, 6 through 8. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and that they have believed that you sent me. So there's several powerful words there that are used to describe who we are as the church in the world, as people in the world, not of the world. First is knowledge, that we have knowledge of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. And we have taken that knowledge and we have put our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. So there is believing and there is truth. Our knowledge comes from above. And that knowledge from above is truth. Our truth is from God. And this is something that's so important. I see it over and over again. When I look at the people of this world, they are trying to find truth and they're looking in all the wrong places. They're looking within themselves. They're looking for other people to lead them. The truth comes from Jesus Christ, from God, through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus Christ is the truth. Once we know him and believe him, we experience the truth in our own lives. And then going on, verse 9 and 10, Jesus continues to pray. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, 
but on, on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. <laughs> I love that. Mine are yours, yours are mine, I have been glorified in them. Uh, this reminds us of the great truth that we belong. We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to God. Earlier, Jesus had said, I know my own and my own know me. We belong to the Lord. That's part of the Heidelberg Catechism, one of the great confessions of our faith, where uh, in a catechism, they ask a question and they give an answer. And the first question that is asked is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer that is given is that I belong body and soul, in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We belong. We belong not to the world. We belong to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus goes on then in verse 11 and 12. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. So here we have several comments. Um, first of all, that Jesus is going away and he's passing the torch onto them. We talked about that last week when we talked about being the light of the world. And so Jesus is passing the torch onto them. Also, he talks about protection, that we are protected from the evil one um, by God. And um, that doesn't mean that we do, do not suffer, that uh, we are um, completely isolated and don't experience life and the difficulties of life. We absolutely do. But God protects us from the eternal aspects of life. Uh, he protects us from death eternal. And then finally, he talks about us being one, that we are unified. That goes back to this Catholic, that we are universal, that we are one. We are um, bound together by the Holy Spirit. And then at verse 13 and 14, but now I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I love this, that, that Jesus gives us joy. And even in spite of the fact that the world may hate us and may turn against us and may call us terrible names and accuse us of all kinds of things, we can experience the joy of the Lord through Jesus Christ. So we experience joy, and that means we're in the world, not of the world. And I'm telling you, people in the world need to f see people like us who are experiencing joy even when all of life has gone upside down. So we have joy. And then at verse 16, here's the real kicker for the sermon title. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. We are in the world, but we are not of it. We do not belong to it. All that we are, all that we do, comes from above. Our source of being, our source of purpose, our source of identity, 
Our source of life comes from Jesus Christ. This harkens back to John chapter 8 when Jesus is talking to the religious leaders and he says this, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. That just means when you're of something, you have to uh, be sustained by it. And we are not sustained by the world, we are sustained by God our Father. Jesus goes on then, 17 through 19. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. So we are meant to be sanctified. This is that idea of sanctification. Uh, it means that we are being made holy. Um, in one sense, we're made holy because of the presence of Jesus Christ in us. And Jesus Christ causes every believer to be holy. Um, when, when we're referred to in the New Testament as saints, the Greek word is hagios, which means holy ones. So a saint actually means a holy one. And it's not somebody that's been edified and lifted above everybody else. It's every single person that believes in Jesus Christ. But we are also in a process of being sanctified. And so we're in a process of being made holy. And that's why I love it when somebody said a holy nation. Yes, we are. We are meant to be a holy nation before Jesus Christ. And then verse 20 through 22. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. So, this speaks not only, that Jesus is praying not only for his, for the twelve, well actually at this point it's the eleven, because Judas has already left, but he's not just preaching for those disciples in his presence, he's preaching for He's talking about everyone who will follow, who will believe because of the word that the disciples will preach. That means he's talking about us. And he says, may they be one. Not only are we unified with each other here in a church service or in a sanctuary or as we're worshiping together online, we're unified with people all over the world who believe in Jesus Christ. And we're not limited to time either. We are, we are unified with all believers in all places and in all times. Jesus Christ unifies us, and that's part of what it means to be in the world, not of the world. And then Jesus finishes his prayer with these words, The glory that you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Actually, that's not the end. Sorry, I made a mistake there. So, last week I began 
my sermon by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the first verse of the Gospel of John. And the Word, of course, refers to Jesus Christ, that He was with God, and He was God. In verse 14 of that, I think it's 14 or 12, um, John writes, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. The Word, the Logos, Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh, took on human form. This is what we call the incarnation. Incarnation. I, uh, I always understood that that meant that that which is divine became that which is human. Uh, that God in heaven, Jesus in heaven, became a human being. But I did a little study on it, and it actually comes from Latin, in, which means to be in, and carno, which means flesh. <laughs> flesh. Now, our Spanish-speaking members will say, well, of course. <laughs> because carne is meat, right? It's very earthy, isn't it? <laughs> that, that Jesus, the Son of God, in heaven, fully divine, became in meat here on earth, uh, became flesh on earth. Um, and the divine presence of God was here on earth. That's why Matthew calls him Emmanuel, God with us. And so Jesus says, I in them and you in me. In other words, Jesus Christ, when we invite Jesus Christ into our hearts, Jesus takes on flesh in us. We become the incarnation. We become the presence of God here on earth. We become God in flesh, incarnate. So you and I become the incarnation of the Spirit of God. When I mean, think about that. When you enter into a room, God enters with you. When you come into the presence of other people, Christ comes into their presence as well. You are the incarnation of God. Jesus finishes them by saying, Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the world with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Christ is with us wherever we go, and he finishes off by talking about love. Our source of love is God. Human love is marred by selfishness and our own needs and our own desires. We want to be loved, but the only true love that we will experience, unmarred by human frailty and human selfishness, is the love from God. When we truly experience that, then we are able to truly love others. The more we experience God's love for us, the better we will be able to love others. Our need to be loved is fulfilled in God's love for us. Our ability to love others comes from God's love for us. Jesus finishes this with love. As 
believers who are in the world, not of the world. So my challenge is this. While we live in one place, we live here on earth. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We recognize that our eternal home is in heaven. So this affects how we live in several areas. Hope. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is secure in our Father in heaven. In life, we recognize that our life is not fulfilled here on earth. Our life is fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Love. We find that our source of love is God above. A sense of purpose, a reason to live, a reason to get out of bed in the morning comes from God above. Our sense of fulfillment, of feeling like we're worth and value comes from God above. Our sense of peace in these desperate times, again, comes from God above. If we're seeking any of these things here on earth, they will always come up short. As Solomon said, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It means it's empty, vain things. Joy, not just having fun or being happy, but experiencing a deep sense of joy no matter the circumstances. Family, earthly families are dysfunctional. Church family can be dysfunctional too. <laughs> we're human. But we know that we're brothers and sisters. Through Jesus Christ. We're unified by the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus. And so finally we get to that idea of belonging again. We're not alone. Christ is with us. Christ is for us. Christ is in us. Let me finish with the prayer of St. Patrick. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I rise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. Sisters and brothers, may this be our prayer. And may we live in the world, not of it. We're going to sing a little chorus now called Sanctuary. simple and sing this as a prayer
Continue our worship now by singing the hymn, O Word of God Incarnate, hymn number 327 in your hymnal, if you have one at home. Uh, and if you're able to and you're at home and want to stand, I encourage you to do that, O Word of God Incarnate.
loving and most holy God, we thank you for this message, Lord Jesus, that you prayed for your disciples centuries ago. Just before you went to the cross, you prayed for them. You prayed that they would be united. You prayed that they would be protected. You prayed that they would know the truth. They would belong to you and to each other. You prayed that they would experience joy and love. You prayed that they would be in the world, not of the world. And just as you prayed those things for those disciples so long ago, you pray those things for us today. Help us to know what that means, to be in the world, but not of the world. Help us to recognize that everything we need, truly need, comes from you. We may experience trials. We may experience financial hardship. We may experience illnesses. But we rest in the knowledge that our future is secure we will spend eternity in your presence. Lord Jesus, we do come to you as your children, and we recognize our needs at this time. We pray for Kim Kurtman, our custodian. Her father is ill, been tested positive for COVID-19, but also is dealing with heart issues. So we pray for him healing and for safety. We pray for the Christ family, Fred's family in the loss of Dorothy, his younger brother's wife, to cancer. We pray for their comfort. It's especially hard at this time when we lose a loved one, Lord. It's hard because we can't gather together in the way that we would like to. We can't honor the person in a gathering the way we would like to. So it makes it a little more painful. We pray for their comfort and their peace during this transition. We pray for the Heard family and the birth of this new little one a week and a half ago. We pray for them that they can get sleep <laughs> um, and that you would just bless them and help Andrew as he uh, is new to this world, help him to grow in strength. Um, and we pray for all those in our church family. We're thankful, received a nice note from Scott Duncan this past week, letting, letting me know that he's feeling better and hopefully he's online watching with us right now. We pray for him and pray for continued healing in his leg with the deep vein thrombosis that he's experiencing. And we just pray for all those who are going through difficult times and struggles. We pray that you would be present that we would feel your presence for those that are separated due to this global pandemic and unable to get together. We pray for peace and comfort. For those with strained family relationships, we pray for healing. Lord, help us to continue to grow in you as we go from this place and help us always to be the church, to be the church.
not just go to church, but be the church in the world. Help us to light our candle in the world. Amen. And now we uh, will take a moment, and Carol's going to sing a song titled, Go Light Your Candle. And uh, if you are able to give your offering online, we encourage you to do it during this time.
thank you, Carol. That was awesome. Now we're going to finish up with the praise song, Lord, Reign in Me. of God.